You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. A lot of people said, oh, I saw you guys get booed off the stage. It's like, no, you, we didn't get booed off the stage. We probably got booed, but not off the stage. In fact, it probably made us stay a lot longer than we should have. <laughs> Just because you didn't like it. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. It's starting to warm up here in Montreal, and that means I get to spend a bit more time outside. We also switched our clocks forward an hour, so that allows us with an extra hour of sunlight, which is very, very much appreciated when you have young children living in the city and you get to go outside for that much longer. It is a true blessing, and I'm stoked about that. This Vox and Hops Metal Podcast episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter when there isn't a global pandemic crippling the music industry they typically put on a bunch of amazing shows here in montreal but not only that they also put on one of north america's sickest metal festivals and that is the absolute truth trust me when i say this because i have played festivals all over the globe and heavy montreal is up there with the best of them i am super stoked to have heavy montreal behind the vox and hops podcast now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'd also like you to rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. You should also go and sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That is V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast throughout that past week, including all the details for any episodes which I have dropped throughout that week, if I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, as well as the updated links for live interview Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hangs, and the updated links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify, and is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. Do yourself a favor, Sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. Trust me, this is a party that you do not want to miss. Now, on today's episode, I'm very stoked to be with a living legend. That's right, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 244 with Dale Crover. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Dale Crover of the Melvins. He's also played with a little band called Nirvana. He's a Crystal Fairy. I, I really, really like Crystal Fairy, so I'm very stoked to have a chat with you. Uh, let's start uh, with a very, very simple question, yet it's somewhat complex as well. How did you cope with the glorious year of 2020? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of sitting around doing nothing, really. Um, wish I was, was wish we were touring you know we, we were supposed to do a bunch of stuff this year actually I was going to be touring with Red Cross this year and we Very had cool. Europe plans and and we were going to do a, a big US tour and probably come to Montreal um, yes yeah we, actually we, I've been there with the band and, and we had a really great show there um, but yeah just 
nothing's happening at all, you know, really. Made some music a little bit, but uh, mostly just sitting inside. How, how did you uh, grasp that? It's very, very difficult for musicians to not be able to perform, to not get out there. Uh, we're so used to being on the road and connecting with our fans and seeing our, our world family because, you know, when we tour, we make friends in just about every city and then we go back so often. It's like another part of ourselves. How, how, how have you been just handling just being at home? Well, not only that, but there's the money part, too, that you know, <laughs> is, is a yeah. big part of musicians' incomes. You know, I mean, we do that a pay up of records, but, you know, as you probably know, people don't buy records anymore so much. No, they don't. You know, because <laughs> they don't have to. No, they don't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, fine. I, I, I haven't felt like I've been, like, itching to get out of here or, or anything like that. And it's been nice to be home. I have, I have a family, so it's been nice to spend time with them. And, uh, you know, the, um, the touring thing, it's like the, 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 uh, obviously the best part about it is, uh, uh, the playing part, you know, uh, you probably, yeah, we wait around. a lot of sitting around, <laughs> so yes. we're good at sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The gone are the days of the craziness backstage. We all just sit around and look at our phones. Most of the oh, time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, well, for us, it was never really crazy or anything like that. Um, but yeah, we've we've got a lot of backstage games. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Mostly stupid ones like trying to hit each other in the nuts. <laughs> uh, let's touch right on that. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lies, music, and craft beer. What are you drinking? All right, today, oh, Dan? we got a drink. That's right. You're gonna make me day drink, right? <laughs> I am. It's a sacrifice well, for. Uh, unfortunately, all I had in the house was a a, a, a fancy. Uh, wait, see, you can see it. The O'Doul's. O'Doul's. I call it a golf beer because it's got this little. If you can see it on the back here, it's got the little golf guy. Oh, it's glitching. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PGA yeah, yeah, golf it, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll crack open a beer. Thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, on my side, I'm going to be drinking saint Soublons. This is an IPA. They have a, a new series coming out. This is uh, from here, just outside Montreal. And uh, this is a new series where they choose a hop for each month. This is the first one. And the hop combination of this one is Citra, Columbus, Mosaic, and Simcoe. I love Microbrasserie saint Uh Let's talk about beer. Let's talk about, let's go back to your very, very first beer, Dale. Do you remember that? It was a very good year. My very first beer. Um, uh, I remember, well, <laughs> probably not having a full beer, but, you know, m my dad drank, used to drink uh, Rhinelander, which was like a really, do, do you know that one? Rhinelander it was like a really crappy U.S. beer, probably super cheap. <laughs> and it tasted pretty bad. But I remember having sips of that for the first time. <laughs> Ew, what's this? Must cheer. Cheers. Refreshing, dank. It's got a nice little hoppy bite. Uh, let's talk about, do you, did you ever go down the rabbit hole of the craft beer? Uh, not too much. I mean, I was never too picky about what kind of beer we had. Um, I mean, growing up, there was no craft beer. Back when we were, mm -hmm. we were teenagers. <laughs> Back then, it was like whatever you could get your hands on. And usually it was the whatever was strongest. So uh, Schlitz malt liquor was a big one in my teen years, I remember. Um, but anything, you know, and then growing up in Washington, of course, there was, uh, uh, Rainier, which was always like the stuff that gave you the shits <laughs> <laughs> or Oli. That was the, the, the local beer would have been, uh, Olympia beer. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, 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 Schmidt animal beer was a real big one in the Northwest as well. 
See, we like, you mm. know, cheap and, 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 uh, uh, as much as you can get, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was effective. Right. Um, I remember going up to Canada, uh, for the first time as a teen and, and having beer up there and, and, uh, uh, and, you know, being surprised how strong it was. <laughs> so, oh, I got a, I have a good story about uh, Canadian beer and Nirvana. Perfect. Um, I did a, I did a tour with those guys and we, we played in, uh, we're touring with, uh, Sonic Youth, uh, doing a West Coast tour. They're in between drummers. So I filled in for them and, uh, we, uh, we played a show up in Vancouver and they had really strong beer. I don't think I was even drinking it at the time, but Chris Novoselic was. And, um, the last thing I remember him saying was, man, this beer is really good and really strong. And this was as we're driving to the border to go back into the U.S. And then we get in this big line at the border and uh, uh, people are passing us on the right side. And he gets all mad about it and he decides he's going to get out of the van and, and tell people that they can't pass us at the border. <laughs> so he was a big guy. And once he got when he got drunk, he was uh, pretty out of control. Um, it didn't stop there. We ended up at a Denny's once we got through the border. And then, uh, um, uh, we're, we're all like, we're going to eat with all the bands on the tour, like Sonic Youth. We're going to, you know, we're going to have some meal or whatever. Um, that was the last show of the tour. And, uh, they're going to seat us in this big, huge booth and put the tables up like the, you know, like the, the folding tables up and the, the table's still dirty with dishes and that hasn't been bust yet. And as they're putting the tables up, uh, uh, Novoselic's wife was sitting in the middle and he decides he wants to sit by her. Instead of like scooting in, he just gets on the table <laughs> and the whole the thing just like busts and like dishes oh, go geez. flying everywhere and he's sitting in the middle of, of the floor and then gets up and runs out <laughs> and leaves us there. <laughs> so he didn't even eat it. He didn't eat no. it. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't sober himself up with no, food. He just, he just ran. He thought we'd all follow him out and we're just like, uh, sitting there. You know, 10 people like, uh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the soundtrack of your youth. Uh, when you're growing up in your parents or guardian's house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? <laughs> what music did your parents or guardians listen to? They didn't listen to a lot of, uh, um, I don't remember much besides like Glenn Miller, you know, but I had brothers that had uh, uh, music, you know, or turned me on to like, you know, the monkeys and <laughs> the mm. monkeys and the Beatles. Um, and, you know, I remember what I remember, like going to my grandpa's house and like watching not only Hee Haw, but also Lawrence Welk show, you know, getting the full spectrum of music there between Hee Haw, Lawrence Welk and the beat and the monkeys. <laughs> That's amazing. What, what band would have been your first band that you loved, that you cherished, that was yours, that didn't come from anyone else? Kiss. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I always say I saw them for the first time on the Halloween special, the Pollen Halloween special. And um, that was like my my generation's uh, Beatles on Ed Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. There'd be nothing without Kiss. They, they've done so much for the, especially the metal scene. Uh, yeah. the, the more people I've spoken to, they, they, they always go back. It always goes back to the Beatles and Kiss. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely Kiss was the band that made me want to be in a band, hmm. for sure. They were, they were just so cool. Yeah. 
They were. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Montreal. This is a Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode. So tell me about your earliest memories playing Montreal, some experiences that have happened here in Montreal. Oh, God, I'm trying to think. Probably the... Uh, trying to think of our first time there. Um, Fufu Electric, probably. Yes. What was Fufu the first electric. time? Um, probably right after we released uh, the Ozma record. I, I remember... Uh, um, before the show, going to a Vietnamese restaurant and they didn't speak any English and the menus were not in English at all. And just kind of like, I'll have that. <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> and our bass player, he goes, oh, you just ordered the tripe soup. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> what, what, what happens when you see Montreal on a tour routing or is it a happy moment? Oh, yeah. It's always, I mean, it's always a great, it's always a great city to, to play. Um, I'm trying to think of when the last time we played up there was. I think it's been a, a little bit. Fofan um, Electric is a classic, classic venue. Basically the CBGBs of Montreal. Yeah. And I love playing there. I love going there. And I not much has changed in all the years. <laughs> yeah. Is it still there? It's still there. Oh, wow. Wow. That's great. Um, yeah. We, I remember we played there once with Social Distortion, which was an odd bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, we played there with Nirvana. And probably a few other times too. That, it, it, but it's been you know it's been a long time since we played there. I'm surprised it's still around. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and that claim to fame, the fact that Nirvana has played there, people still talk about that. How, right. you know, it's a part of like a legacy thing that that it's important to the musical scene, the history <laughs> of it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's also a, a, a famous show that we played there, opening for Primus, where the audience yes. audience didn't like us. Really? How did that go down? And they're, they're, uh, <laughs> there's a live recording of it someplace. Really? Um, from yeah, from that tour. It's it's mostly us playing really quietly and and um, and the audience chanting Primus. <laughs> we just let them go for a while, you know. It's like okay, you have to, you have to, you can't fight an angry mob. Well, we, I mean, yeah, and we knew we weren't going to win them over anyway. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people have said, "Oh, I saw you guys get booed off the stage." It's like, no. We didn't we get stayed. booed off the stage. We probably got <laughs> booed, but not off the stage. In fact, it probably made us stay a lot longer than we should have. <laughs> Just because you didn't like it. <laughs> hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. You guys have always been a part of uh, eclectic tour packages. I think that's very interesting that you guys haven't just picked. Well, I think it's because you guys are so eclectic in your own right that yeah. you guys can play with just about anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We came up there a few years ago with uh, Napalm Death. 
Yes, exactly. And, and yeah. So, and that, I think, well, it was kind of both of our ideas, you know, that we really wanted to do. We, I mean, we liked those guys and we're like, that would be a, such a great tour. Uh, you know, and I think even, maybe even our booking agent at first was like, huh, really? And then he realized <laughs> like, oh no, this is what, that's a great idea. Really good idea. Uh, let's talk about Rat-a-tat-tat. Sure. Uh, this is your your new solo record. Well, I think it's interesting, you know, doing something um, on your own versus in a collaborative effort of the Melvins. So when, when yeah. the Melvins is creating a record, all of that goes into like a Melvins folder in your mind. And all of these songs are something completely different. That's interesting. Now, having pure artistic freedom is something that interests me very much. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it is different. Because, I mean, I've played guitar in bands before and it's like for me, it's always easier to like you know, what do you think of this, you know, or, or, or hmm. get feedback from other musicians on stuff, which will in, inspire me or whatever. Um, with this, I mean, I do have uh, Toshi Kasai, the engineer, and he also, he's been playing in, I, I put together a live band after we did the first record, and hmm. it, uh, he's been working with, with Melvins for a, a long time now, a good 20 years, and um, so I have him, at least. You know, and, and that's good because I'll have songs and I'll go, does this sound like anything else to you? And no, no, I like it. Okay, so um, that's always reassuring. Uh, but yeah, it's it's different, you know, and, and I mean, different way of making records too compared to Melvin's because, um, you know, it's just, I start with guitar usually, if it's a guitar song. Hmm. Oh, here's something that I realized. There's actually uh, uh, almost half the songs on the record don't have guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you, where, where where did you start with them? If you're not starting on the guitar on those songs, there's a few of the songs that I that I started on. Uh, well, some of them are like drum things to begin with, you know. And I guess I'm counting those because they're they're like little drum jams. Um, but then there's a couple songs that that I actually did start in GarageBand. Oh, very cool. And just using using the pre-programmed sounds and then just taking them and like. Uh, affecting them to where they don't sound like what they are, <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound like the sample at all. So, you know, which I wanted, you know, I didn't want people to go, Oh, I know that. I know that sound from garage band. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I've never messed around with it before, you know? So, um, and I, I was just doing it on my, on my iPad. You know? Very cool. Yeah. I, I mess around with garage band all the time. It's fun. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it was like a, a, a new way to be creative, I guess. Absolutely. So uh, doing this on your on your own, basically, and keeping these songs that are very personal to you, was it more nerve wracking when you're releasing it versus a Melvin's record? Because you know that as a team, you guys have decided that this is as good as it needs to be. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I guess I've, I've well, I take that same thing from the Melvins. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm not too worried. You know, I, I I'm glad the stuff's out of my head. Now I have room for something mm -hmm. else. <laughs> it is like that. Eh? It's, you have all this mental load. Of, and you had these songs, a lot of the songs for, for many years I've read. A couple of them, yeah. It just like it would be some riff I'd played forever and finally turned it into something, you know, or I had something that was just never finished, you know. And there's mm. still a few songs like that. So, you know, I got something for next time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, the Melvins are dropping a new record yes. coming up, which is yeah. very, very cool, very exciting. Working, Working with, with God. God. <laughs> coming out on Ipecac recordings. Love that label. Um, you switched to bass on this. Yeah. How, 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 how well, interesting is that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, you know, cause Mike, Mike is back. Right. You know, I mean, I guess it's been a while, but we, we, I guess, um, 
trying to think of the first time we got together with him was uh, Jello Biafra's 50th birthday party. Um, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so <laughs> that version of the band had never really played live before. And we played all old songs. And, and but while we were doing that, we we're like, you know, we could probably just write new songs <laughs> and make this a thing. And so, yeah, this is our second record doing that. And uh, I think it came out good. It's definitely um, mm. it's pretty metal. Which is amazing. That's good. It's, it's all that touring with Napalm Death. Maybe so. <laughs> but um, switching from drums to how do you approach writing in this sense? You know, is it hard to not imagine a drum part? And, you know, you, you, you guys have had two drums in the band before. So, so how, how does that go with the, the songwriting of this? It's a little more straightforward, I guess. You know, not as... Not as um, there's not songs like Evil New War God, which is like a Melvin song that's like completely insane to play. And, you know, it's much more straight ahead. It's all in pretty much 4-4, I think. Um, and kind of written for Mike to be able to play, you know, Very and, cool. and yeah. it makes it easy for me to play, too, you know. <laughs> so it's fun. Um, you, can, you, can have, you can have a few more duels before. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, but so, yeah, we've dumbed it down to where we could have a few duels and, and, and do no problem. <laughs> Maybe even some real beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least load-in will be a little bit easier since you're not the drummer. Yeah, right. I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish we could play. I mean, we have, like I said, we have in the past. We did a little tour um, when Mel- we opened for ourselves. When Melvin's did a tour where we were playing, uh, I think we we're playing Houdini, Houdini, and, and some other stuff, I guess. Um, and then we took Mike to Europe with us and, and played. We got to. We got to curate the ATP festival with Mike Patton one year, and Very that was cool. great. We got to pick all kinds of great bands, and um, we got to take him over there to play. That was pretty fun. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, let's talk about metal. Vox and Hoffs is all about metal as much as it is about craft beer. Right on. Um, what is your take on, you, you filled in for Lombardo with Phantomus. Yeah. Um, there are some pretty, you know, he's an iconic metal drummer. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about extreme metal drumming? Oh, I'm, <laughs> well, I love it. Um, and then also with Lombardo, we did a, a Melvin's or Phantomos Melvin's big band where he and I yeah, played so along. I love that. That was fun. That was really great. And then we realized just talking to each other that we liked the same, had the same influences basically when we were starting to play. You know, he Kiss. Um, I think he said he was also into the Nuge, Nuge, the Nuge before he was a uh, um, um, you know spouting political stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and uh, um, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. You know, I think those two drummers. Hell yeah! You know, those those two are big for me. I think they're just as important for Dave. You know, Clive uh, uh, Burr and Les Banks. You know, those are two my my two favorite metal drummers. And then Dave. I mean, he, you know, he created that whole thing. You know, I remember um, when we were first starting to play together, and I was watching, and I'm like, "You're left-handed, aren't you?" And he's like, "Yeah." Because I'm like, his fills just look weird. And it's because he's mm. starting them with his left hand. You know? So you know who else was a left-handed drummer? Ringo. Really? Yeah, Ringo's left-handed. And Very so, interesting. And, and so um, a left-hander that plays righty, you know? Exactly, um, yeah. And then Clem Burke from Blondie, who's also not a metal drummer, but uh, still one of my favorite drummers. He's also a lefty-righty. Very cool. So that's why Dave, Dave and, and I could tell, with, I, I figured that out with Clem, too. It's like... Oh, he hits his like he's done doing something weird, and and I remember one thing I got from him was I always like would end a fill and like crash with my left hand, 
know, this way is left now, huh? <laughs> uh, um, but then I realized, oh, he's doing that because he's starting his fills with his left hand and he's just ending on his left hand. <laughs> Uh, how difficult was it to, to, to step in there and to learn this, all this material? Because you, you fill in for some bands and stuff. How difficult was it to tackle Phantomus material? Well, luckily they they um, they were playing their easy record, <laughs> which <laughs> the, I love. I love this, that. Yeah, that, that's cut. my favorite yeah. one. You know, I mean, I like all the, I like all the I like all their quirky stuff too. But um, so that one was at least easiest to learn. Um, but also, yeah, but just just I mean, from playing in the Melvins, it's like. That's the hardest music I've ever played is Melvin stuff, you know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I could easily wrap my head around the Phantomas stuff, no problem. Very cool, very cool. Are there some metal drummers that, that apart from Lombardo, that stick out to you, the modern metal drummers? Let me think. Um, hmm. Oh, the guy that plays in Sepultura now is, is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't think of oh, his name. I know, yeah, I know exactly who. But he's a killer, yeah. He hits so damn hard. Yeah, let me think who else. There's got to be some other guys I'm just not thinking of. No worries, no worries. Um, how have you been filling the void of touring? Uh, for myself, I'm very lucky that I have the podcast. I get to have chats with people. And, you know, leading up to the chat, I get that same little exhilaration. Uh, is it going to go well? Uh, am I going to remember all my words? Am I going to fuck up? You know, the, the, all the same <laughs> things that I would have before stepping on stage and performing. I get that little bit of an anxiety rush. And then when it's finished, I feel good, just like I said. So how, about yeah. you, how have you been filling the void? Um God, um, well, uh, we live in LA, so it's at least nice and we can go outside and, yes, lucky. and a, a couple of the only things that, that are allowed are, are golf and pickleball. <laughs> what is pickleball? Pickleball is, is a, it's this thing I've been playing for you know, maybe a year, two years now. Um, it's a court game like tennis. It's like stand up ping pong <laughs> on a court. Oh, cool. It's like on a badminton sized court. And you use like a plastic wiffle ball and a paddle hmm. and it's oh, very easy, cool. easier than tennis. And a, a, a lot of older people play it because it's okay. easier on them. I'm not <laughs> saying that, you know, I can't run around, but, um, my wife plays tennis hmm. and, um, I've, I'm interested, but it was always, uh, worried about getting hurt because I watched her get hurt a couple times. One time she sprained her ankle so badly. It was like the day before I had to go on tour. And That's I'm the like, worst. You know, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to do something that would like jeopardize, yeah, uh, you know, uh, my career. So uh, pickleball is a little easier, and then golf. Um, uh, Buzz is pretty known for golf, um, and is really good. Um, but I've been playing as well. There's actually a lot of musician dudes that play. Um, it's it's a perfect sport because you could drink during it, and most sports that I can drink yeah. during makes me very happy. <laughs> do you golf? Do you golf at all? Uh, not as much as I wish that I did, but uh, I do enjoy golfing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, that's the one thing that we're lucky with out here. It's like we can golf in in January. <laughs> mm. No, no. We we just got slammed with massive amounts of snow. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like. But that's okay. Yeah. I always feel bad about telling people. I mean, actually, it's not that nice here today, but it has been. It's been pretty nice. I mean, nice that you can go out and golf. So, but yeah, it's funny because. Um, um, one of the other guys that we golf with sometimes is uh, John Theodore, who's a drummer for. Uh, uh, there's, there's, he's sort of metal, right? He plays in Queens of the Stone Age. John oh yeah, Theodore, hell yeah, right. Good drummer. Yeah, he would qualify, correct? Yep, great drummer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
your plan a obviously worked being a touring musician uh doing this for a living what was your plan b if this didn't work out what would you be doing with your life Dave? oh god i don't know we pretty much burned every bridge so <laughs> it was it was this or or or, or nothing <laughs> there was no plan b yeah i mean well i mean like the last job i had was working at a pizza place so i suppose i could be manager <laughs> manager of a pizza place oh god <laughs> now you get to make your own hours at least but <laughs> um let's dance back into craft beer uh have the melvins ever done a beer collab with a brewery um no um we got to play we played a brewery we played uh, that's cool uh, three floyd's brewery i believe it is hell yeah and, and you know that one okay yeah yeah they're the, the coolest metal ass right craft beer brewery out in, in chicago there outside chicago oh wait you know what i think i did see a stoner there was a stoner which ale that somebody brought to us in europe i believe so there there was that if you could make your own craft beer for the melvins or for yourself uh what style of beer would it be and what would you call it uh it would be a a, a german pilsner called scheißbrau <laughs> i love it what does that mean shit beer <laughs> <laughs> someone will make it now someone will make it dale <laughs> i know the melvin, they have to the melvin scheißbrau, that would be perfect all right somebody, somebody out there we're waiting <laughs> German pills I'll hook it up <laughs> I love it <laughs> you've been doing this you know just about as long as I've been alive um, what are the biggest changes from the beginning till now being a musician I mean obviously well there's things like uh, recording is definitely mm -hmm. much easier than it than it has been um, you know which is odd because you know most of most every studio in LA is gone now um, yeah, yeah. Which is which is a drag because there's so many good ones here. So we've we kind of had to uh, make our own, you know. And it's um, it's nice. It's not as fancy as uh, as uh, um, A and M or Ocean Way, but it it, it does the trick. And um, you know that it's cheaper. You know, I mean, uh, rolls of tape. Are oh so yeah, expensive. So there's that. And time, you know? time is limitless. time. Right. I know that. So all that is is. Um, really takes the pressure off of recording and uh -huh. uh, um and just not having you know not having to worry about like oh we've only got one track left and we want to record all these other things so i mean i, I think that's really cool um so i think as far as that goes and a lot of people will poo poo the whole digital thing you know which is like i'm like sorry you're wrong <laughs> you know it's made it way easier to make records it's way better it sounds just as good you're not going to know the difference at all i don't care you know <laughs> so um there's that and then um you know and uh, the other the unfortunate part is that we don't sell as many records as we used to mm -hmm. which is why you got to get out on the road i know perform yeah sell some merch right yeah connect with the fans you know well and then we've also made a lot of like um collectible stuff you know that that really has a lot of work gone into it um buzz mm -hmm. and his wife do a lot of like handmade packaged uh records of ours so um that's so cool that helps and then well the other thing that we're doing too while we can't tour is we've um we've got this new thing called melvin's tv and we just no, that's a, so cool yeah, we had a, um, it, it's kind of like in lieu of a live streaming concert, 
we were doing multiple episodes, hoping to do multiple episodes where uh, um, we play five songs. There's some interviews. There's a little bit of comedy, and it's in an opening band, and it's five bucks. Um, we oh, had so smart. The first episode aired on New Year's Eve, and you know it was roughly like seventy minutes long. Very very cool. Why do you still do this? Why are you still a musician? Why do you still create? You know, a lot has changed since the beginning. Why you started? Why do you still do it today? Well, I mean, it is still fun for sure. We like doing what we do, and and you know, I mean, uh, also just being able to make a living off it, I think, is is one big thing. I mean, if if we were if we were still eating eating shit, then <laughs> probably wouldn't be doing as much, you know. But I mean, <laughs> this is what we chose to do. This this is it, you know. Um, there's something I think that the uh, um, guys from Rush said, which was, um, um, "We do this because we have to, and we have to because we can." So, I follow that. That's very cool, and it's true. And I'm happy you guys are still doing because you guys make amazing music. Yeah, thanks, man. Me too. I'm. I'm. I, we we don't take this for granted, and we we're happy that we can still do it, and that 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 people actually care about us. What would be a younger band that uh, you are really into? Someone something that excites you? Hmm. Let me think. Um, um, I'm trying to think if there's something new that I've heard that's like younger. Um, there's some good ones. I mean, there's a. Um, um, there's this band around here called the Side Eyes that are, are a pretty good local band. Um, they're somewhat young. It's actually uh, uh, Jeff McDonald from Red Cross. It's his daughter. She's the singer oh, of the so band. Cool. Um, I mean, everybody's young now for me, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, gosh, I mean, I know that there's got to be something new that I've heard that, I, that, that I, I should plug, but I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. I, I always it's blank on that kind of stuff, and then later I'm like, "Oh yeah, I should have said that." Yeah. <laughs> you just email me; I'll throw it in the intro. In the <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw one last question at you to wrap this up. My classic wrap up. It probably never happens to you because you're, you're you know, you know, you know what you're doing, and you, you've been around the block a few times. But every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> hair of the dog. Um, no, no, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a rough one. Um, um, that just delays it. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, usually just, uh, um, you know, trying to drink some kind of electrolytes and, 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 you know, uh, I try to avoid the greasy breakfast, but sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, thank you so, so much taking the time having a chat with me talking about your life music and craft beer i really really appreciate it everyone go check out rat-a-tat-tat the new solo dale crover album which dropped on january 15th for joyful noise recordings and get ready for the new melvin's record working with god i love that name yeah which comes out on ipecac recordings thank you dale thank you so much i love it <laughs> cheers cheers Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What an epic chat with Dale. Just, you know, I love hanging out with living legends, uh, people that should have an ego and then they absolutely don't. This is one of those cases. I'd also like to uh, set the record straight that I had no idea what an O'Doul's was when I recorded this interview. I now do know what an O'Doul's is and understand that it is a just about a non-alcoholic brew. I didn't get all these subtle jokes that Dale was throwing at me through 
wrote this episode, but I do now, and they were quite funny. So uh, I laughed quite a bit while I was setting this up when I realized how much I didn't know what I realized. Massive shout-outs to Dale for hanging out with me and having a great chat. I was super stoked about it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you did enjoy this Vox & Hops episode, you should follow it on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, you should also rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. You should also take the time to sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That is V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. Do yourself a favor, sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. Trust me, this is a party that you do not want to miss. The Vox & Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have two more episodes dropping this week, one on Thursday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox & Hops heads. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.